You're listening to the Toolstation Western League podcast with Ian Knockholds and Tom Hiscott. Welcome, listeners, to episode 20 of the Toolstation Western League podcast with me, Ian Knockholds, and I'm delighted to welcome back to the podcast this week our social media manager. It is James Healy. Hello, Jim. How are you? Not too bad, Ian. How are you? I'm all right. You're looking very well, if I may say. You reckon? So, yeah. uh, I've gone back onto my um, my diet now, so I've come off the rails a little bit over Christmas. So um, back onto the diet. Got my glasses on today. Look a bit like Jurgen Klopp style. Yes. Uh, my beard's growing back after I was clean shaven, so I looked about 12. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, feeling good. And can you remind us, what diet regimen are you on then? Well, we were doing this one called the Fast 800. So oh it's like, yeah, 800 calories a day, three set meals a day. At the start, I thought this is going to be hard, but the meals were actually quite nice and filling. So and I lost just under four stone, but I put on half a stone over Christmas. So I need to shift that again now. So back on it now. How's your diet going? Well, I mean, I'm in a happier place than I was this time last week. I mean, I am still struggling to come to terms with granola, it would be fair to say. But having actually done a week's worth of exercise, I have to say I actually feel better. It, it, it did take me a while to get into the swing of things. And I, I, because of my working life and my wife's working life and having young children, we weren't exercising together. And I decided that that was a mistake because I think I needed a buddy just to sort of keep me motivated. Now, unfortunately, the sort of the negative side of that is that I found new and interesting ways to torture my wife by doing all of the exercises slightly wrong. <laughs> um, so that that has provided me with some amusement. Um, the other the, the, the only thing I would say is that obviously, unlike you, we're not fasting or anything like that. We're doing Joe Wicks. And I mean, he is definitely the world's most cheerful man. There was, there's no question about that. He insists on telling us all how tired he is during these exercises, which I don't believe for a minute. And, I mean, it's be- every single time I watch one of these things, I wonder how many times does that bloke actually exercise during the day? I mean, I would have thought, you know, most people exercise, you know, maybe they do it once a day, maybe they even do it twice a day. I don't know. I wouldn't, you know, I mean, bearing in mind this is the Toolstation Western League podcast, we're probably talking about an awful lot of very fit people, even though they're only playing non-league football. But I... I mean, does he ever stop exercising? That's what I want to know. I mean, he says how tired he is after 25 minutes. I mean, how many times is he at it during the day? That's what I want to know. Anyway, I don't know if that gets us anywhere. I will tell you one interesting little anecdote, though. I nearly fell off the wagon last week because, as as you know, I am partial to a McDonald's. And um, I uh, I went to my um, to my office um, just to pick up the post. I'm working from home. You know, I, I'm doing what Boris tells me. And um, just popped into the office to pick up the post. And, of course, there was always the temptation of popping back via the drive-through. And um, and I came up with a novel way around doing that. And that was to phone up Andy Radford, our general secretary, to have a conversation about the current state of play. And I knew that conversation would go on for quite some time. And I also know that Andy is an, an ardent listener to the podcast. So if I had said, oh, Andy, can you give me five minutes while I order my drive through? He would have, you know, he would have he would have thought less of me. And Andy Radford, it would be fair to say, is not a man who I want to think less of me as our esteemed general secretary. So if anybody out there, I don't know whether Andy's going to offer his assistance to anybody else on a diet who may who may be wandering a little bit off the path. But, um, yes, phone Andy, hashtag phone Andy. If that diet, Jim, starts to slip, you know what to do. Give Andy a call. Now then, that's a perfect segue into our first interview, which just happens to be with Andy Radford. 
Um, Andy, of course, is our general secretary, as I've just said. And um, last week we heard from John Paul, our chairman. He was talking about the survey that um, that the FA have uh, said that they were said that they were going to send out, asking clubs about their views on finishing the season. During that interview with John, um, one of the questions I asked him was when we thought we might see it, because we never know with the FA whether information comes out incredibly quickly or whether it's slightly glacial. Well, uh, to be fair to the Football Association, on this occasion it was the former and not the latter. The survey was sent out to our clubs on Friday of last week. So I thought it was a good idea to get Andy on this week's podcast and ask him what options the FA have presented in their survey. I think you'll see, reading the survey, that there are really only, what, two options. We can null and void it, as we did with the 1920 season. We could carry it over. So we would recommence August, finish May, perhaps, um, or another option I noticed was to say that we could keep playing football up to the end of May, see how many games we got in, and then do points per game. I'm not sure that's a viable option because nobody can know when we can start playing football again. And the structure of the survey, um, the two options that you mentioned at the beginning, um, they're presented in a question. And then if, if respondents want to choose another option, and you mentioned um, you know, potentially completing everything before the end of May, the possibility of points per game. And I know we've seen another um, idea of um, of joining this season to last as well. That's come uh, something that's, that's sort of made its way into the public eye now. So, yeah, that's basically it. I mean, I did have one club phone me and say, I was a bit surprised there were so few questions. And I responded, I said, I, I don't understand what you mean. What they've done is they got to question seven, which I call question one, and they put, we want to null and avoid the season. And of course, if you do that, you don't get any of the other options. You don't see what's coming later in the questionnaire, which is why the FA did send out um, a PDF so that you could read through that first and then talk it to it with your committee, your board, the whole club, and then decide to fill it in. If you tick, we want to null and void the season, you will not get any other option. So the purpose of the PDF was to then give people the full range of thinking that the FA had, and uh, uh, and then if they wish to then null and void, then at least they'll, they'll, they'll understand what other questions in the survey they might have been asked. Yeah, exactly. So if you if you then read further down, there's the option on we could carry it over, we could do points per game, we could try and play as many games as possible up until the end of May and, and so on. But if you answer null and void, you won't get any of those. And I mean, in terms of the other mechanics of it, I know that the, the, the FA, particularly over the course of this season, have been interested in leagues gauging opinion uh, from their clubs. And I know the Western League will undertake surveys of, of your own. But on this occasion, the structure of the survey is uh, it, the, the, the infrastructure has all been built by the, by the Football Association. It's an online survey and the results will go directly to them. Yeah, absolutely. And that's and that for us, I suppose, is, is something of a problem. We would like to know where our clubs are coming from. So I, I have emailed the FA asking for the result, asking if they will be sending out the results of the survey, one, by league, and two, as a whole, the whole of the country. Because I think it's important to know where our clubs are coming from as to where we are then coming from. We support our clubs. So if the clubs want to null and void the season, the majority then presumably 
the board of the Western League, and I can't speak for them because we've not had a meeting about it yet, but presumably we will want to follow their lead. If they say, oh, we want to carry it over and start uh, carry on from August through to May, get a season done, it lasts. Because it feels as though it'd be two years before we even got a completed season. And that just doesn't seem right. Let's not forget the start of this season. If we all go, if we cast our minds back to July last year when it was hot, sunny, it was lovely. I enjoyed it. I know I built a boat. But clubs spent a lot of time and more importantly, a lot of money, a lot of effort writing out risk assessments, getting their clubs ready to start playing football September. And if you nully and void the season, you're basically throwing all that in the bin. Now, if that's what you want to do, then that's fine. That is your choice. It's your option. You can do that. It's your club. Just let us know what it is you want to do. More importantly, let the FA know what it is you want to do. I mean, in all your years that you've been involved in football administration, have you ever known an exercise like this being conducted by the Football Association before? No, never. I mean, it, it came as something of a surprise, I think, last season when the league's committee suddenly turned around and told them all the leagues, like the Western League, that you're autonomous, you have to do what you think is right. Up until that point, it always seemed as though the FA uh, would say, we are doing this and you're all doing it. Get on with it. I don't know where that change came. And certainly after the 1920 season, I think they're a little more wary, perhaps, of the repercussions Having voided a season of 75% of the games played and not doing points per game, perhaps that's why now they want to ask the clubs. I don't know. And and in the document that they sent out, there there was actually quite a lot of background to their thinking as well, wasn't it? Do you think that's another lesson that they've learned from the challenges they faced when they voided last season? I, I think so, because, I mean, to be fair to the FA and the league's committee in particular, um, the survey they've sent out does come with very good comprehensive notes against each question. This means this, this means that. And, and because of that, hopefully clubs will take the time to read through it and digest it properly and say, that's what's best for our club. And that is the only way you can ever vote on it, anything. But let's also remember, it's not a vote. It really isn't a vote. You know, if 90% of clubs across the country say, oh, we want another boy this season... Or 90% of clubs say we want to continue in August. It doesn't mean to say that is going to happen. Ultimately, all this has to go to the FA Council. And the FA Council will decide how this season will be concluded. Um, so I suppose the, uh, the, the, the big question then is when do we think that decision is likely to be made? Well, I, I listened to uh, Bob Dolin on the radio, uh, Hellenic League. Um, and, and he's right in some ways that there is really a rush on this. We're in lockdown until at least the 15th of February. Uh, it could go on longer than that. So let's take our time and this time let's get it right. Let's get it absolutely right. You're not going to be able to please every club. We we know that. that that's just not possible. But I understand there are clubs uh, out there who have now gone a season and plus 10 games, never having lost a game and still haven't been promoted. And that just can't be right, can it? I suppose the other the other deadline um, that we should be aware of is the um, is the deadline to complete the survey. How long do clubs actually have to uh, to fill this to fill this in? They have it until this Friday, uh, midnight Friday. Uh, it has to be back by the FA, uh, back to the FA. I'm hoping all the clubs will fill it in, 
and they will send it back. It's one of the most important decisions they will ever ever make. It's the future of football. And who knows where we'll be next season. I know there is talk, and I've read a lot of articles about it, worrying whether whether the supporters will come back next season to our our level of the game. I think they will, because I think they, they miss it. But it is somewhat habit-forming. You know, you, you, you get up on a Saturday, you know you're going to a game this afternoon, you get ready, it's your day. And when you've not had that for so long, it's getting them back into, if you like, getting supportive back into the habit. And hopefully we'll be able to do that. We have a good quality product. I, I really believe that. And I think that everyone enjoys their afternoon out at a Western League game. And my thanks to Andy for his time. Now, our next uh, subject for discussion is footballing photography. And this is something that we've touched upon before, Jim. Um, obviously, you are a um, uh, when you go to matches, um, you don't just tweet there um, from the from the league account. You also take a lot of um, very good photographs, um, which you uh, which I know you would get a lot of pleasure out of putting up on um, uh, on social media. And, and 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 you are one of many in the Western League, a growing band of um uh, of photographers uh, including the likes of john newport of course and john cuthbertson but you don't have to be called john um to be a photographer in the western league you can be called debbie and we've got an interview with debbie gould just coming up but before we go into that interview jim i just wondered a, a quick question obviously we have got this band this growing band of um uh, of, of photographers i mean do you do you form a union is there some sort of collaboration in the in the photographic fraternity or, uh, or, or is it a bit of a cutthroat game? Are you all sort of trying to steal in like the paparazzi to get that perfect shot? No. Whenever people send in photos, the names you just said there, we get the photos sent in to us. And every reply, I always reply, what a great set of photos. Um, so, yeah, we're all part of one, one community, basically. We uh, all encourage each other. Uh, and help each other out when you see other photographers at games. Admittedly, I'm a fair weather photographer, as I've said previously. I definitely don't go out when it's raining. My camera stays in the bag and I'm under a stand somewhere. But you look at these guys who are sat pitch side, not undercover, freezing cold, don't get paid for it, do it for the love of taking photos and for the love of the clubs that they take the photos of. And But every week we get some great photos come in. So I enjoy, I look forward to getting them. When uh, Tom sends over the bulletin, I think, please have some photos so we can have them to put in there because the photos just make the bulletin as well, along with Tom's great roundups. Um, the photos just add to add to it, and the, the, the ones we get in are, are brilliant every week without fail. And we have a, a photo gallery on the website, don't we? We do every week, um, so every every match day normally on the Saturday evening. Some are really quick and I have them before I even get home from the game I've been to. Uh, how they edit them so quick, I don't know. It takes me ages to do that. But, uh, yeah, we get we get the photos sent in and then we upload them onto the website, separate page on there. It looks every week we get five or six galleries come through in all really good quality as well. And obviously, it's, we're not going to be getting a great deal of traffic at the moment because there isn't any football to, to photograph. But um, when we do get back to playing, how can uh, any budding photographers out there send you their, their artwork? Uh, just head to um, toolstationleague.com is the website. Uh, and on the homepage, scroll down a little bit. There's a photo gallery bit on there. But if uh, people want to send in their photos, uh, just 
feel free to email me. It's uh, james.healy at toolstationleague.com. Excellent, excellent stuff. Well, then, well, that gets us on to our next interview. We've got three interviews for you um, this week, listeners, um, and our next interview is with Debbie Gould. Debbie is obviously a very well-known photographer at Bridgewater Town. She's also, uh, it turns out, the club's COVID officer. I started our conversation by asking her what she's been doing to keep herself busy during lockdown. It is complete madness, isn't it, really? Uh, very crazy. But my photography, which is my main hobby, my one love um, that I really enjoy doing, obviously a link socially and with the club that keeps me going. Um, I have thousands of photographs all on my computer um, that I sort through every day. Um, I refile, I get rid of ones that I don't think I need. I make photo books, um, all sorts of things with them. So. Um, I share them on a photographic site. So it does keep me quite busy and I'm always learning new things because I'm quite a um, self-taught photographer. Um, so there's always so much to learn about photography, new ways of taking photos, um, improving on my photography and wanting to buy the latest camera and lens, which is always a, a bone of contention because it's a very expensive hobby. Um, so it keeps me busy, yeah. Well, what got you into taking photographs at football matches? Both my sons went to Bridgewater College um, and I followed Josh, uh, my youngest lad, um, when he started at Bridgewater. Um, obviously used to drive him to um, many matches uh, for the under-18s. Um, and then he regressed to the under uh, to the um, reserves. Obviously, my links started connecting them because other parents were uh, taking their lads, um, made new friends, became involved with the club that way because um, the reserves obviously were linked with Bridgewater Town at the time. Um, and I've always had an interest in uh, photography. Um, used to just take photos of. Josh when I first started um, and then all the lads said why aren't your mum taking photos of us where's my <laughs> photo um, and so it progressed then I started obviously taking photos more of the, the team and the game took an interest in how the sport was and how to take a better photo when I look back now though some of the photos were absolutely awful because obviously now I've moved on so much I understand a bit more about um, the processing of the files and taking photos in JPEG, which um, is already more or less taken for you, the photograph, whereas now I take my photos in RAW um, and I can actually manipulate the quality of them a little better. Um, and that's how it all started, really. Um, and then as time went on, I was very lucky enough to be asked to, to take some photos of the first team. Um, and I've not looked back since. So what do you think then makes for a good picture at a football match? Um, I think with photography, sport photography, is when you're on the sidelines, you see what's going on. And as a photographer, I tend to miss a lot of the game because I'm concentrating on taking a particular shot, like the header. I know when the ball's going to go in from a throw-in, um, concentrate on who's going to receive that. But for me, capturing 
the players with the ball is the facial expressions. They're just fantastic. And, and I think on the sidelines, you don't always see uh, the, the uh, expressions that the players have, and you don't always catch what's going on with the, um, the managers as well. So I'm very quick to try and keep my eye on what's going around the pitch to catch that one photo as well, where there's a celebration or somebody shouting at somebody or the refs telling the managers to calm down or anything like that. So I like to try and capture something a little bit different rather than just a player kicking the ball. I mean, this is probably a question I should have asked you a little bit earlier, but how long have you been taking pictures then at Bridgewater Town? Um, I think I've probably been involved with the club now for about seven years um officially probably with the first team for about five years maybe five six years and looking back over that time have are there any particular favorite photographs that you can remember oh gosh i've got loads i've got so many i can tell you and i've got thousands um this could be a long interview yeah <laughs> <laughs> i have yeah I've, i share my photos on Flickr. so after each game they're processed, I post them up um, and then share them to Flickr. Then I tweet um, the link um, so that anybody and everybody can see them. Um, so they're shared that way. Um, but usually per match, I will average when the light is good uh, between three and 500 photos a match. Um, so on a Sunday morning, um, I'm usually sorting through which ones I'm going to be using and then edit those ones. And I usually will probably come out with around, I guess, between 90, 150 photos that I will actually use. But I will keep all the photos on file because there'll always be a time where I think, well, I might just go back to that match and see if there's anything else that I can use from that. And especially now as we've got a really good uh, website, um, there's always the photos being used there for graphics from any of the games, um, but usually from the last game that we've done. Um, so I can't, off the top of my head, I can't actually think of any, although I have to say I was very complimented um, and won the Tour Station League photo competition one season, and that was Jack Taylor um, and a lad player from Wellington uh, that got me the... Uh, the award for that season so that was that was a very proud moment well if we had to push you then that's probably not a bad one to choose um, <laughs> <Certainly> <laughs> i mean obviously you've talked a little bit about how you got involved with um, with with bridgewater um i mean as putting your fans hat on now and um, these are pretty exciting times for the club i mean it's not often i get to say that on the podcast particularly at the moment but i mean there's obviously been a takeover by um by Adam Murray and there's been a lot of press coverage that I've seen you know talking about the ambitions of the club so I mean are you excited by the prospects for the team? Well I'm very excited it's um it's a fantastic thing that's uh that has happened for the club really we we're such a like a lot of football non-league football clubs we're all you know one big happy family we're all striving to achieve the same thing and that's um progression and you know, make the club bigger and better. And this is just fab for, for Bridgewater. And it's a very exciting time, as you say, and really looking forward to next season, really, because unfortunately with the um, COVID virus, 
it's not been a we've not been able to do very much at all obviously the football we've not been able to play but likewise we've not been able to do anything else at the ground uh to sort of push this on a little bit more so yeah looking forward it's something that we're all very excited and looking forward to uh to happening uh, I mean, we know that the, the the football association at the moment are um consulting with clubs across um uh, the pyramid certainly steps three down about how their preferred mechanism for concluding this season would be i mean do, do you have a do, do you have a preferred option I guess, depending on how many of us are able to have the uh, vaccination um, and how well that will progress, will probably depend on how, whether non-league can go back to playing football. It would be very nice if we could try and finish the season, but I would understand, and as the COVID officer and as an ex-nurse, retired nurse, you know, health is much more important. So... I guess it's just a case of watch this space really and see what happens. And one final um, question. You, you did allude to it earlier, but I'm, I'm really keen on um, um, promoting the, the platform that you use um, so that listeners can see your work. I mean, it, it, anybody listening to this, ha, ha, what's the easiest way? What's the quickest and easiest way for them to find your pictures? I know you're on Twitter, but you, you did mention another site as well. Yes, our new website, Bridgewater Town Football Club website, um, is available. The photos will be linked with the, the, the Flickr link on there. So that they will be accessible through there or um, through uh, the Twitter, my Twitter account as well. And, 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 you're, uh, and that is at uh, Gould underscore Debbie, isn't it? That's right, yes. Excellent stuff. Debbie, thank you very, very much for taking the time um, to speak to the, to the podcast. We continue to uh, enjoy your work, um, particularly um, when we managed, uh, when Tom uh, gets your pictures and, 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 and we put them in the, in the Western League Bulletin. It's, um, it's really fantastic uh, to see not just your work, but we're, we're blessed really for having so many excellent photographers taking pictures at our, at our games. And uh, so, so thank you very much um, for, for taking the time to speak to us. And uh, hopefully you'll get back um, at pitch side as soon as possible. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, it's very nice for you to ask me. Um, and I love sharing them as, as I'm sure all the other football photographers, photographers like sharing their photos anyway, that's part of uh, why they take them. It's um, capturing memories, isn't it? Holding time still for a while, and being able to look back. Um, yeah, thank you very much, Ian. And um, hopefully we'll be back out on the pitch, all of us again soon. If you're thinking, Tool Station, I know they'll save me money, but do they have all the top brands? You know, DeWalt, Makita, Einhell, Stanley, Myra, Kudox, Nest and Santex. Yeah, they do. Over 15,000 trade quality products in the range from the leading brands with prices that are hard to beat. If you want a helping hand to save on your next job, try Tool Station. With over 300 branches, there's always a Tool Station near you. Uh, now, um, before we get on to our, our final interview um, of the podcast this week, our final interview is with Lee Perks, the manager of Brislington. Um, uh, I want to talk again about the Unsung Hero campaign that we've been running over the last couple of weeks, Jim. Listeners will see, will have seen, I'm sure, uh, that um, we've been tweeting out um, pictures and links to the uh, Unsung Heroes that have been nominated um, to us um, by clubs, and, and and those are still coming into us, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, 
which one uh, today, Wednesday, uh, which at the moment I think is my favourite one, which was sent in by one of the Bishop Sutton players. Uh, really long nomination for their chairman, George Williams, um, basically just saying that George does everything. I mean, I've been to Bishop Sutton a couple of times and uh, seen him down there. He's behind the bar. He's sorting out the away team, making sure they feel welcome. I went down there with Sherborne. And uh, I don't think I've had a, such a warm welcome from one person at a, at a club before. So, uh, yeah, George is a, a worthy nominee for an unsung hero, that's for sure. Absolutely. And one, I think that one of the most telling things about his nomination was the uh, the care that he, um, he he gives the players. I mean, he, he certainly, the, you know, the, he doesn't just treat them as players, which was, you know, which was a lovely thing to see. I mean, we, we I know so many of our... Uh, volunteers, so many uh, chairmen and, and secretaries and, and vice chairs will, you know, do so much on a match day. We all have experience of that, but it really did hit home, didn't it? That this was a nomination sent in by by a player, and um, when we'd expected, I mean, the league had sent out the the information to clubs to nominate, and um, the fact that a player had taken the time to write this, I think, really meant a great deal. Yeah, it did. Yeah, and there was a couple of lines in there where the player says that what a one of his other players was uh, thinking of of walking away from football because he wasn't in the right frame of mind for playing. Uh, and apparently George took it upon himself to go around the lad's house, knock on his door, sit him down and have a chat with him just to make sure, I think, to check on the player more than anything, to try and not to so much to get him back playing, but check on the, the welfare of the player, which goes into, I think, of a fan campaign, really. He was worried about the welfare of one of his players, popped around in his own time to check on him. Um, I'm unsure if the player returned playing, but it's nice to know that George went round to to visit him to make sure he was he was all okay. Yep, over 30 years at one club, and um, and uh, you know he's just definitely a, a worthy recipient. And of course, it does rather open this feature up because if you are listening to this and you know somebody at your club who um, uh, you know who 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 has made a, a contribution that hasn't necessarily got the credit that it deserved then we would love to hear from you here at the Toolstation Western League podcast. Now, um, closing our episode this week, we hear from Lee Perks, the Brislington manager. Now, of course, under normal circumstances, we like our manager interviews on the podcast and we've been able to branch out during lockdown, but I thought it was quite important just to keep these these going. And uh, although we haven't got a great deal of football to talk about at the moment, we have got an opportunity to reflect on the season that we have been able to enjoy. And that's really where I started my conversation with Lee. Brislington are 15th in the table after 12 games, and I asked him if that's a fair reflection on where he thought his team were at the moment. Uh, yes, I would say so, to be honest with you. We're a side where we're sort of very inconsistent uh, at the moment. Where we can um, we can go on a run and win a couple of games and then we come off and then we you know we get beat the games we we we, we think we're going to win, but yeah it is um, very been stop start obviously with the with what's going on uh, in the world and uh, we you know we just we're just hoping to uh, get back to football as soon as we can in in the right way. I mean, going into this season, I'm sure we'll talk about the sort of the COVID restrictions in a minute. But I mean, in terms of on the pitch, what were your aspirations for the side this season? Uh, well, to be honest with you, is to be better than better than we were the season before, uh, and try to you know um, get to be mid-table around Christmas, and then try and push on to see where we could end up. I mean, I believe that we we could be a top eight side. Um, with the players I've got to the club this season, 
but you know it doesn't doesn't always work that way and I just think with the stop start of what's happened it, it, it's just hard to get a, a consistent run run of games but you know it's not through a world of trying we do try we try to win every game um, but you know it doesn't always work that way so when we started this season back in September, did you think we'd get to the point where we are now, where we'd be looking at yet another null and void? I did, in, in fairness, yeah. Um, I just believed that it would, it was going to be a, there was going to be another second wave, and we were going to be in the situation we are now. I did speak to a couple of managers on on a Saturday, and you know, a few people said, "Oh, you know, we just need to get on with it." Blah blah blah. Uh, and um, you know, but obviously he's taking a turn for his worst again, and you know that that seems to be the outcome he's going to be again. The FA have sent out a survey um, um, yeah. to clubs. To, well, how do you want the the, the season to be concluded? Well, I um, our secretary rang me on Friday. Um, and just um, went through a few things and basically I think um, there was a, a, a none in void so I think we would if, if everybody was going none in void we would start the season again with the same the same teams in it or I think there was another one where they would say they would start the season in August again uh, with the remaining games what's left uh, like I said to our secretary I, I, I'm not too too worried either way to be honest because I mean if they want to do it with uh, relegation and promotions then I don't think we're going to get relegated on points per game and if it goes none in void we're still going to be in the same league we're in now so I think we're just we, whatever happens we will still be in the same situation we're in as in, in the prem, in the Western League Prem Well let's talk about the football um, your last game <laughs> your last game was a 2-0 win against Chipping Sudbury uh, were you pleased That's with that right. performance? I was, yeah, in fairness. Um, I think that was on the Monday, the 28th, the bank holiday, because we played on the Boxing Day um, against Kingston when we lost 3-1, didn't didn't play very well at all. Um, and then we went up to Chipping Sobri on the Monday and won 2 nil. It wasn't an easy game by any stretch, really. I know Chipping Sobri um, haven't won a game, but it, uh, it was a good, uh, a good game of football, and I think we did deserve to win the game. But... I, I, I just knew driving home on that on that Monday that that was going to be our last game, and it, it was a bit um, you know it was it's, it's hard to try and motivate the players now when they know in the background that that the season's going to be pulled at any minute. I mean, I suppose it was a bit easier for you to have that as your last game than it would have been if it had been the the, the Canesham defeat. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, you could say we if, this, if we if we don't play any more this season, then we can say we our last game we won. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's always it's always nice to to win your last game, and then uh, see what see what next year brings or next season brings. I say. I mean, obviously that game against Canesham was you know a Boxing Day fixture, and traditionally across the whole of the footballing world, not just in the Western League, those those are showpiece occasions. You know, they're big money spinners for the club. Yeah. But, you know, there's an air of celebration about the whole experience. I mean, it, you know. It it was nice to be able to get that game on, but um, you know, in the in the grand scheme of things, did it feel like a normal Boxing Day to you at the time? No, not at all. I mean, Christmas didn't feel like Christmas to me. I didn't know if it did to you, but um, what we're just what's going on in the world? I mean, Christmas didn't feel like it was Christmas. Boxing Day fixture didn't certainly didn't feel like it was Boxing Day. Um, <clears throat> But, you know, there was obviously Dar- it was a derby game between us and Kingston. We're only a mile apart, if that. Um, there was a good crowd up there, or, King- you know, the, the maximum they could have, they were- it was there. And in fairness, Kingston deserved to win the game. They played very well. Um, 
and you know there was to be honest with you, our, our boys didn't really turn up because Kingston played well, and then we had you know two we had a day break or two days break, and we were back playing Chivin Sobbery, which we won. Outside of those two fixtures, you've come up against Plymouth Parkway and Tavistock this this season. Um, Clevedon have been going well and you've beaten them. So, I mean, what do you make of the form teams in the Western League Premier Division this season? Well, to be honest, I mean, the the teams which are coming into it now from the South West Valencia to try and move up to to the Southern League are very strong. You know they're 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 coming across to for one reason to try and push on to go into the to the um, sovereignly. So you know Partway and Taverstock and and Exmouth, uh, we haven't played Exmouth in fairness, but Taverstock and um, Plymouth were very good, very good sides. And I, you know if I, if anything, I feel a bit sorry for for teams like uh, especially Plymouth because they come into this league for one for one thing and that was to get into the uh, to the Southern League. I think I think the first year they missed out by Will and Ravers by I don't think score difference or by a single point. And obviously last year come done in void and it looks like this year can come done in void. So, you know, I do feel sorry for them but it's just the way it is. But yeah, as in um, the teams down now, they're very strong, very, very, very good sides. I mean, there has been some publicity in the last few days of a campaign that would see teams promoted, not relegated, but promoted on points per game, either from this season or, or a combination of this season and, and last season. Yeah. When you look at the plight of Plymouth Parkway, it's easy to make a case for that uh, that type of solution, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I haven't heard that one, to be honest with you, but, I mean, if, if it's just going to be for promotion... <coughs> excuse me, for a promotion, then yeah, I would say, yeah, you know, I I would let Plymouth push on to let, you know, to deserve where they where they need to be and Taverstock, if it is Taverstock, you can go into the into the Southern League. But yeah, I mean I, I would I would uh, agree or or say yeah, you know, if 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 there's a survey for them two to go up then then yeah, I would definitely say yeah. I mean, with with one eye now looking on to next season, which I guess um we've all got, I mean what are your aspirations uh, for for the next campaign, are you are you still looking? Would you still be looking for your side to be pushing on from from where they are in the table at the moment? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, our WhatsApp's gone a bit quiet at the moment um, because obviously no one knows what's happening. <clears throat> I don't want. Um, I still want the same players to 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 be at the club, and I believe with the players I've got. You know, which we, where we ended at Chipping Sobbery, we we can push on and be this mid-table team, and if not, um, push on and be in the top six. No reason for it. But I just, I, I mean, I'm probably saying saying this with the rest of the managers that you know it just needs to be where we need to see the season out. It needs to be start to finish and not start, stop, start, stop. I mean, you mentioned before the strength of the sides that have come in from um, the Peninsula League, and I mean, you know, when the uh, when the when the FA finally get to do their restructuring exercise, we can expect yeah. we can expect more teams um, to be coming out of Devon and Cornwall. You know, on the positive note, do you think it it it, it forces the you know the, the the traditional heartlands of the of the Western League Premier Division to raise their game? I mean, we're seeing some very interesting news coming out of um, Bridgewater Town at the moment. Clevedon again, they've been you know they've been going very well, but finished you know this current phase of the season very strongly indeed. So, do you think that there are some positives to be had for the other clubs in terms of the the quality of the competition? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, 
I mean, I, I've been the manager of Brisbane for five five seasons, I think. Um, and every every year or every season, the standard is um, a lot better. Um, the players are better. There's not so many players around um, to grab. Uh, because if they're not playing for us, they're pushing up to summer league, um, and the, the actual um, the actual teams they're playing against are much stronger. So, like I say, there's no easy game. I mean, you can beat the top sides, and the bottom sides can also beat you. So, there's no there's no easy games in football, especially in this standard. And like I say, I think it's only going to get stronger if they do this restructuring league, which they're trying to do, um, and promote more of the teams from, um, like you say, down south to come into the western league. And my thanks to Lee for his time. Now, one final uh, thing before we sign off, Jim. And um, I think this is uh, this is a, a feature that you have seen and that the, the league have promoted on social media. Um, but um, last uh, a few days ago, um, I noticed a tweet um, from Portishead Town. It regards their captain, um, Nathan Truman. And um, the news was that Nathan has just has just started intensive chemotherapy treatment to fight a rare but aggressive tumour in his uh, in his shoulder. And um, with that in mind, um, uh, a, a campaign team has, has got behind um, uh, the young man and, and is raising funds to help support him, his family and, and some chosen charities. Now, we, we will be um, speaking to a member of Team Truman um, on the podcast, not just to tell you about... Um, uh, the fundraising efforts that they aim to put in place over the coming weeks and months, but actually to find out how Nathan's getting on. Um, but um, they've set up a, a GoFundMe page, Jim, and this was something that I noticed that you were happy to promote through the through the league's accounts. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's, um, I saw, as you say, Porter there tweeted it. Uh, so we jumped on and tried to promote it as well through our channels. They've done phenomenally well with the uh, people donating. Generosity of people is is unbelievable. They're, at the moment, they're just over twenty three thousand, pushing twenty four thousand pound raise for him. Um, anyone who watches the Tour Station Western League and has seen Porter's head play will will recognise uh, Nathan from his uh, from his hair and his uh, his headband that he normally wears, and he wears that captain's armband with pride. That's for sure because he's uh, reading up on him. He's a Porter's head lad through and through. Um, so the best thing you can do if you want to um, um, participate in that GoFundMe page is to follow Portishead on um, um, on social uh, on social media. It's uh, the GoFundMe um, pages are always uh, slightly difficult. I think if you try Nathan Truzy Truman tw- uh, twenty thousand, hopefully you'll get there. But um, probably the easiest way to do is to follow it on um, Portishead. And I think the league will pr- will uh, will send out another t- link um, following uh, this week's episode of the podcast, Jim, won't we? Yeah, we will. Yeah, we'll put it on our Facebook and, uh, and Twitter pages, and hopefully more people will uh, will donate to the worthy cause. Excellent, Jim. Thank you very much for your time uh, this week. Um, and um, I, you know, I look forward to catching up with you next week to find out how the diet's going. Have you got any exciting activities planned um, for the next few days? No, not allowed out really, are we? So just the daily walk, I think. Although the weather's horrible today, so I'll be staying in. Um, yeah, not a great deal, really. Football on the telly, working, uh, moving between the bedroom and the living room because the wife's a primary school teacher, so she's doing her online classes. So I get banished into different rooms so she can do her online classes with the kids singing and doing assemblies and whatever. So, yes, yeah, um, 
Yeah, not a great deal, really. Well, it's clearly being so cheerful that keeps you going, Jim, isn't it? <laughs> Well, yeah, perhaps next week, they call me. perhaps next week we can do a dual broadcast with your wife's primary school, and um, we can give them an episode of the Tool Station Westernly podcast as their assembly. What do you think of that? Cracking idea! I'll put it to a highly educational, excellent. Well, that's well, that's listeners. What you've got to look forward to on next week's Tool Station Westernly podcast. <laughs>